Here's a question for you. If you do Agile by the book, can you still be competitive? Ah, that's this week on the Badass Agile Podcast. Greetings, team. Welcome to the Badass Agile Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Williams. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. I love having you guys as listeners, and I appreciate each and every one of you. If you do Agile the way everyone else tells you you should be doing Agile, that is to say, if you execute by the book, by the approved list of standards and practices, then won't you be doing Agile the same way as everybody else? And anytime you're doing something the same way as everybody else, can you still be competitive? Well, first, let's take a moment to remember why we're here. To create an elite tribe of leaders who truly serve their clients and communities by doing what matters and what works, relentlessly chasing value and excellence like a badass. There are so many resources out there about what you need to do to be agile, but we're focused on who you need to become in order to lead teams. So let's hammer down those fundamentals to create a truly unique and powerful force in this industry. And hey guys, if this helps you, tell your friends. You can also join in on the Badass Agile Listener Lounge on Facebook. Links are in the show notes below. Let's be honest for a sec. What's the current median result of Agile in the marketplace? We see a lot of bad Agile, and we see very few real success stories. We hear continued complaints that Agile's not working, and when it's not working, here are the four or five reasons why it failed. And more and more, you see people throwing up their hands and saying, you know, it's not really possible to have true agility, so we're going to accept a broken or altered version of agility just to make sure that it scales, just to make sure we can get it to work, to get a return on investment. When you look more deeply, you have to ask the question, well, what are these practices? What are the things that are generating average results? What are these things that are causing agile failure? When you take a closer look, despite the fact that agile itself is supposed to be anti-dogmatic, you see a lot of dogma about the right way to do things. Somebody is out there certifying people on the right role definitions, on the right ceremonies, the cadence, the practices, the attendees the outputs, the metrics, the dashboards. To me, the word Agile means there is no book. And yet there's a strong push in the marketplace to do Agile by the book. I don't think there should be a book because what is the book actually telling us to do? It's telling us a certain way to plan. It's telling us there's a certain way to spend. The book is telling us that despite all the warm, feel-good philosophy of Agile, here are all the excuses for why we should do a hybrid version. Now, none of those things I just mentioned are inherently bad, but here's the problem. If everyone starts doing those things the same way, if this stuff becomes a typical playbook, an accepted playbook, it becomes the basis for all of the teaching and all of the discussion in the community, then everyone is probably going to start doing it the same way. And I want you to stop right there. Because anytime you do things by the book, you take away your ability to be distinct. You take away your ability to compete. You take away your ability to dominate in the marketplace. You know what I think happens a lot of the time? We start off the right way. We go in with the agile mindsets and beliefs. And if you're very, very brave, you'll even go in believing 
that will arrive at the right procedures, the right prescriptions, the right frameworks, the right processes, by experimenting, experiencing, learning, and refining. Now, that on its own is not bad. But the problem is, we get pushed into making processes, making frameworks that agree with existing modes of getting stuff done. The old way. So here's an example. Imagine you spin up a new team. And that team is well-supported and has a mandate to go and experiment and explore. So you start with minimal upfront planning. You go do something, and for whatever reason, that something doesn't work out. So immediately under review, what happens? We don't try to figure out what didn't work and make a small tweak to get it to work. Under the existing Agile principles, someone comes along and says, well, you know what would really fix this problem is an extra three-week planning cycle. Or, you know, you didn't fill out the requisition form or the BRD or the business case document. That's why it failed. So we get pushed into remedies and ways of working that echo old mindsets and attitudes. And that's what we use to go and write the Agile playbook. So now the Agile playbook is no longer based on Agile ideals or principles. The real language, the real tools of innovation get ignored and substituted for things that make us feel safer. Things that we believe reduce failure. But we're not defining failure as a failure to innovate, a failure to learn. We're defining it as a failure to make me feel comfortable, stand in the corner cubicle with the window view that I've had for 15 years. When we swim along with the current, the current is going to back you into the way that we've always done things. Because I guarantee you, when you arrived at a large organization, starting to think about Agile, everyone's way we have always done things is pretty much a mirror image of the organization that you were at before or the one before that. That nagging desire for certainty and safety brings everyone to the same place. So we end up with the same icky, poisoned version of agility that isn't really going to make anything better. So at scale, when everyone's running the same playbook, guess what happens? What would happen in sports? Every game is a tie. Barring a little bit of luck, or counting on your competitor making a minor misstep somewhere, you're not well positioned to break through traditional organizational challenges. You're not positioned to do differently. So you're not going to get differently. You're going to get the same stuff you've always gotten. That's a universal law. I didn't write that one. So here's what I want you to focus on. Whenever you start with an organization or you're working with an existing team, I want you to focus on, yes, creating your agile playbook, but I don't want you to borrow it from someone else or worse, from what the commercial agile industry is telling you you should do. I want you to feel empowered and confident to learn the craft by doing. Now, it's good to know what the master playbook says. It's good to know what's going on in the industry. But if that's your only move, you got to remember everyone else can see that same playbook too. And if you want to make your customer competitive, or more specifically, if you want to be able to adapt and flex and continue to swim in circumstances where things are different, chaotic, random, and you've never seen this kind of problem before, what you need is the ability to think on your feet and work based on foundational principles. That is to say, you want to figure out how to make your customer agile while at the same time reducing the wasteful artifacts of seeking certainty and safety. 
That means if things blow up, you don't go back to a waterfall software development life cycle set of artifacts. You figure out what else might work without going back to the way we've always done things. Going back to traditional, wasteful, upfront planning cycles, excessive documentation, hierarchical decision-making, all of the things that we know and preach make our agile customers better, more effective. You know, to me, agility looks more beautiful when, let's say you've had a bad sprint and you release something and the spec was wrong or you made some bad assumptions, so you built the wrong thing and the customer's not happy. Great. Next time, instead of creating and falling back to the old way of documenting and analyzing requirements, maybe you have a protocol that says, hey, anytime I'm making an assumption that could get me stuck, I'm going to stick a big old red post-it on the door. And once a day, a C-level executive has to walk by and check for red post-its. In order to make that really hum, we have to start asking better questions of ourselves, like, what assumptions am I making today that, if proved false, would create a catastrophic failure for this sprint? Is that a question that we're accustomed to asking today? No. Is it in the Agile playbook? Maybe not. But if it's something in your particular environment that would really help you safeguard against catastrophic failure, without going down the traditional, comfortable road of overanalyzing, over-documenting, and over-planning, then that, to me, is the spirit of agility. Creating agreements that work. Creating simple rules, protocols, and habits of asking daring, bold questions that make you better. Shift your thinking on this, guys. Don't let someone tell you what Agile is, what Agile does, and how you should behave or how you must implement it with your teams. Learn how to embrace the mindsets. And then your job is to help team find the ways that make it real while delivering results, not with more efficiency necessarily, but with more effectiveness. Guys, thank you for listening. You can reach out at badassagile.com or find me on Twitter at badass underscore agile. I'm looking forward to seeing you again next time. And until then, stay badass.